0: Lock Talk Radio.
1: Well, it's that time then. Amen. So let's get us a songbook. Let's stand together and let's turn to number 75. We're going to sing in the sweet by and by. Standing together as we sing, number
2: 75. There's a land that is fairer than day, and by faith we can see it'll fall. For the Father waits over the way To prepare us a dwelling place there In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore We shall sing on that beautiful shore the melodious songs of the blessed, and our spirits of
1: sorrow
2: no more. Not a sigh for the blessing of rest. In the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore. In the sweet. And by, we shall be on that beautiful shore, to our bountiful Father of all. we will offer the tribute of praise, for the glorious gift of His love, and the blessings that hallow our days, in the sweet, by and by.
1: And that's the reality, amen, we're going to meet on that beautiful shore, amen, and like I said the other night, you know, I was telling y'all, mama told me, asked me, when we got to heaven, how was she going to find me, that, that tickled me, mama, I'm sorry, I'm not making fun of you, that tickled me. But, and, I want, and I and it's a good question. It's a very good question. And, and you know, the, the answer to it is it ain't going to matter how soon you find me in heaven because in heaven we will know as we are known. And like I was telling her, you're going to know everybody in heaven just as well or better than you know me down here. So you're not going to worry about finding me because you're going to have so much fun talking to everybody else. If you don't bump into me for a thousand years, it ain't going to bother you one bit because you'll have eternity there and we'll be there together amen so you will have so much time running into people you ain't even talked to before that you that you know even though you never met them before and they some of them was born thousands of years before you were so look at it that way i the bible said i have not seen or ear heard neither entered into the hearts of man the things that god had prepared for them that love him and so you know and again jesus said i'm going to prepare a place for you so it's designed for the maximum Uh, Enjoyment You know, I I think about this sometimes You know, we wonder how heaven's going to look How's it going to be Well, you have this as a standard, okay He made this earth and everything down here And it only took him six days And he's been gone for how long Since he said he was going to prepare a place It's been a while, hasn't it? So if he only took him six days To make all this down here And he's been working on that place for us all this time and I don't know that he's been working the entire time, but he said, I'm going to prepare a place. So if he worked on it, and he's still working on it, amen, hallelujah, what a place heaven must be. Amen. And it's made just for me and you, just as if we if we could tell him every desire in our heart, and he's made it wonderful for all of us. Amen. Praise God. And someday soon we're going. We're going to talk about it this morning. Amen. Looking forward to that as we finish up the 15th chapter of uh, 1 Corinthians whole chapter on the resurrection, amen, 50, 58 verses on the resurrection, amen, we got the last nine this morning, all right, so I'm going to hurry up and quit talking because we got a lot of message to cover, so praise God, but prayer requests this morning, do we have, yes, Hi, yes, she um, found out the other day that she's terminal, she has cancer, and I keep it's even <laughs> Remembering
0: things,
1: first Yeah. So. Yes. Um, you know. yes. Amen. We lift Diane and her family up in prayer as she gets ready to meet with the Lord in person. Anybody else this morning? Prayer requests. You know, we 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 can pray about them, but we can sit and talk about them. But we can't do nothing about it till we pray about it. The morning, the yes. and All right, we'll lift both of them up in prayer this morning. Yes, Mary? Mary's got unspoken. Anybody else? All right, unspoken. You got one? So pray for me a couple more hours. To Georgia, Sunday, Georgia. Georgia? I will see my folks. Oh. That's a long drive. <laughs> I've been there. That's a long drive. We will be praying for you, brother. I pray you have a good trip and good visit too. Amen. Anybody else? Yes, Miss Charlotte. Okay. All right. Anybody else? Okay. You know, and unspoken's are fine because God knows what they are, and and we ain't got to know what they are. We just know you got a need, so we we're gonna yoke yoke in there with you. You got anything, sister? You need more? No, God's good (laughs) enough. Okay. All right. Well, listen, y'all pray for us. Pray for my wife. Pray for my daughter. Both of them are sick. Got. Savannah's got a snotty nose running, and she's not feeling good. And both Stephanie's ears are stopped completely up. She can't, she can't hardly hear. And she's, when your ears stopped up, you're miserable. So, pray for her, and uh, pray for me too. All right, all right. and Pray for the message this morning. Pray God to speak to your heart today. Um, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Let's ask God to meet with this. Robert, lead us in prayer. Okay.
2: Amen. You
1: can be seated. <laughs> Number 68, number 68, face-to-face with Christ my Savior. Face-to-face with Christ my Savior,
2: face-to-face what will it be when with rapture I behold Him, Jesus Christ is. I shall behold him far beyond the starry sky, face to face in all his glory, I shall see him by. Now behold Him, far beyond the starry sky, face to face in all His glory, I shall see Him by and by, one rejoicing in His presence. We're lost, 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 we're We're lost, 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 this whole moment, face to face to see and know, face to face with my Redeemer, Jesus Christ. By and by. can you imagine
1: what that's going to be like when you when you see Jesus and you see him in your resurrected body and you see him face to face amen and, and you realize in that moment this is what I've always been waiting for this is the moment I have looked forward to my entire existence and it's never going to end hallelujah it's only, it's just going to be, it's just going to be amazing from then on. Amen. Face to face with the one who did everything for you. Praise God. Verse uh, number 78, not verse, number 78. <laughs> when we all get to heaven, praise God, the only way we're going to get there is through his blood of Jesus. Amen.
2: Sing the one's of Jesus, sing his mercy and his grace in the man Bride and blessed He'll prepare for us a place When we all get to heaven What a day of rejoicing that will be When we all see Jesus We'll sing and shout the victory While we walk the pilgrim pathway Clouds will overspread the sky, but when traveling days are over, not a shadow, not a sigh. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be.
1: I'm just going to go ahead and worship him just a little more. Right? Amen. Man. <sighs> I've got a little longer one than than normal. Not much longer. I don't want to scare you, but <laughs> but it's just it's just a, a little longer than normal, and I don't want to, I don't want to run over uh, any more than I have to. I'm afraid I will a little, but if you'll grant me that, it's on a wonderful subject, and I don't think you'll get mad at me. We're talking about the resurrection of the Lord. I could understand if I was preaching on tithing this morning, or if I was fussing on. Preaching on women's wearing dresses, or if I was, you know, preaching on something that annoys people, but I'm not, amen? I'm preaching on the resurrection, the rapture of the saints, going to heaven, going to be with the Lord forever, hallelujah. If we can't get excited and stay a few minutes after for that, we're in trouble, amen? I know Louis has got to go, though. i got to hurry for your sake, brother. I'm going to try my best. So he's headed for Atlanta, Georgia, so we need to get into this message. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50 through 58, the title of the message this morning uh, it, it's taken from the text, and it is. And we shall all be changed. And we shall all be changed. Let's let's go ahead and read these verses, and then we'll pray. Paul said, "Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery: We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in the in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump." for the trumpet shall sound and the dead in Christ I'm sorry the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality so when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and the mortal this mortal shall have put on immortality then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory In the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Let's go to him in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much. Thank you so much for the word of God. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for for salvation through his shed blood. Thank you that you didn't stay buried. You rose from the grave, my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus. And, Lord, this morning as we've come again to this sacred desk, this appointed time, Lord God, take over. I put myself in your hands. I put myself at your mercy, and I ask you, please, take over. Take control of me. Inhabit my thoughts. Inhabit my every, being, every fiber of my being. Take control of me and speak the word that you'd have to, your people to receive. Father, there are people who, Lord, need to be encouraged. There are people that maybe listening in, Lord, that need to be encouraged. There are people who need to be reminded of these great truths. And Lord, not only for the joy, but, Lord, for the urgency of the hour. And Lord, we'll, we'll give you praise and glory for it when we received it. And We pray, Spirit of God, that you'll, you'll give it to us in a manner where we can see it in its fullness, that we'll do something with it. Lord God, we pray for those that are missing this morning. Lord, the, the seats are empty, Father, and, and we wish they were there. Father, wherever they at this morning, Touch their hearts and let them know that, Lord, they they were missed in church this morning. Lord God, we pray, Lord, that you come quickly and take us out of this world and bless us now as we meet together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, glory. It is good to be in church this morning. I'm glad you're here. Give me your attention just for the next little bit. I'm going to try my best to talk as fast as I can and still make sense, because I've got some ground to cover. But praise God, we'll do it, amen, and we'll give God the glory when we're done. That song we sang last this morning before I sang a special. I want you to listen to the words of the chorus, and I want you to take it in and apply it to your own self. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. Amen? I, I don't worry about getting up in facing tomorrow. Why? You say, but the news says this, and the news says that and they're bombing Israel, and, and, and World War III is about to start, and, and, and what are we going to do? They're going to send the EMP, and we'll lose everything, and we won't be able to talk to nobody, and our cars won't work, and can't get to the grocery store, and I ain't planted a garden, and what are we going to do? Uh, a lot of people in that shape. A lot of people worried like it. Some people. Some people are not. God's people are not freaking out. God's people are shouldn't be panicking. If they are, they need to go back and read the Bible again and see what happens in the end because we win. We win. Hallelujah. <clears throat> because he lived, I can face tomorrow. Because he lived, all fear is gone. I Again, I said this the other night, but I quoted Dr. John R. Rice, a story I heard where he was putting a gun in his chest on the street of Dallas, Texas, and the man was trying to rob him, and he looked at that man and he said, son, you can't, ride. You can't, you can't threaten me with heaven. And, and a Christian, that ought to be our mindset. That, listen, the worst thing you can do to me is send me to be with the Lord. And that ain't bad, amen? That's that's not a bad deal to get to be with. I know you people would miss you here, but praise God, you'd be with Jesus. That's the worst thing they can do to you, amen? And because I know he holds the future, I don't know what the future holds, but I know him who holds the future. And because I know that, then life is worth the living because what he has prepared for us, like we said earlier, I have not seen or ear heard, neither entered into the hearts of man, the things that he has prepared for us. So again, this is all this world has to look forward to is right now. But for you and I, this is this is not even scratching the surface of what we got coming, amen. Uh, that's what Paul's trying to tell us in these verses. He's trying to say because Jesus lives we we can have a better life now than what we're experiencing, and I'm not talking, Joe Loasting, your best life now, because that's not true. But you can have a better life now than what you're having. The more you walk with Jesus, Amen. Because He lives, because He's resurrected, Amen. Because Jesus lives, we have everlasting life, Amen. Because Jesus lives, we have the hope of seeing our loved departed loved ones that have gone on before us. We know we'll see their face again, and we'll spend eternity with them. I saw my brother last night about about fishing in heaven. I can't wait to go fishing with all my relatives in heaven. My papa loved to fish. He'd set out four or five rod and reels. The man, he'd get chicken liver and a, and a bobber out there, and man, and them catfish would tear it up. And I loved fishing with him. We used to have the best time. We'd pull them big old catfish out of that thing, about that long out of them old ponds, and we'd have us a feast. We'd have us a time. We'd go to Millwood Lake and catch brim and crappie all day long. And I'm telling you, I miss those times. I'm going to enjoy that again. I believe I believe, fish, I believe there's a fishing hole in heaven. Don't y'all think so? Seeing how the Sea of Galilee was a central theme right in the middle of everything in, in, in the New Testament. There's got to be a fishing hole in heaven. Amen? Hallelujah. But anyway, I'm, I'm going to hurry up. I'm getting sidetracked talking about fishing. But uh, because Jesus lives... We have hope in the hour of our death, amen. We, 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 we got something to latch on to. We know where we're going, amen. We're just getting ready. We're leaving the lobby. I will see you later. I, I'm, I'm going on home, amen. But we got that hope because Jesus lives. Because he lives, we're going to enjoy victory on our deathbeds, victory on our deathbeds. And listen to me, and we'll have glory over the undertaker in the cemetery. I won't worry about it. We were talking about that last night. We talking about where we—I was me and my brother were talking last night. We were talking about where we we're going to be buried at. I said, you know, it really don't make no difference where I'm going to be buried at because I ain't going to know it no way. I ain't going to care neither. When I come up out of that ground, they going to—I'm going to come out of there so fast. If They bury me first, amen. For Jesus comes, I'll come out of that ground so fast and head up in the sky. I'm not even going to look back and see where I come from. I won't even know what town I was in. I'm, I ain't going to think about it, amen. Praise God. But listen. For most of us, all this—all those things that I just talked about, that's somewhere out in the future, going to heaven. That's ahead of us. That ain't right now. And so what we need right now is hope for now. We need hope today. You and I need hope today. And Paul has hope in the words of our text, and I want to share that with you this morning. He tells us that Christianity is more than just waiting to die to get something better and go somewhere better. Amen? You know, Christianity is not meant to be endured. It's meant to be enjoyed. Most people think you just got gritchy teeth and get through it. No, it's to be enjoyed. Amen. Hallelujah. It's something wonderful. It ain't something miserable. Praise God. Uh, Again, he wants us to know that believing on Jesus, it puts us in a position to receive some precious consolation from God right now. And so I want to take a, a little time this morning to look into these verses. I want you to know that there is a hope for the future and there's a hope for today as well. In verse 51, look in verse 51 there. Let me get, I got, I got to get my Bible over there. Amen, I got it on screen, but let me get my Bible open to it. Amen. Verse 51 of chapter 15, Paul said, we shall all be changed. Amen. What it says right there in the last, the last part of that verse, we shall all be changed. Like I said, I want to lift those words out as our title today, and I want to share with you a few reasons why we have hope. Amen? Let me say to you first, in verses 50 and verse 53, we see that there is a word of enlightenment, and I know that word enlightenment, you say, what, what are you talking about? Well, the word enlightenment means to give light to, to give a clearer view, to illuminate, to instruct, to enable to see or comprehend truth, to enlighten the mind and understanding to illuminate with divine knowledge or a knowledge of the truth. So, again, helps us to understand, right? So there's a word that will help us understand. Verse 50 50 through 53. He says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither does corruption inherit corruption. All right? He said, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We shall be changed in the moment, the twinkle of the eye, the last trump. That the trumpet shall sound, the dead in Christ shall be rising, raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So Paul, uh, we, what we've been looking at, we looked at last week, uh, we, Paul's been describing the difference between the mortal body we have now and the resurrection body the saints are going to wear in heaven. And he's been talking about things that most people already knew but now he's introducing something new. He's about to unveil a mystery. That's what he says. I show you a mystery. In this word, it's not talking about things that couldn't possibly be known. It's it's talking about secret counsels or the hidden things of God. And so what Paul's about to teach the church is something that they hadn't known until the Lord revealed it to Paul. So that's why it was a mystery. Nobody knew it before. So this hidden thing uh, is being used by the Lord to teach some enlightening truth. So let's look at it. Again, verse 50 and verse 53, those two verses. There is enlightenment concerning our problem, and we've got a serious problem. In verse 50 and 53, we see that we simply cannot go to heaven the way we are. We've got a real problem. This I say then, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. It says it right there. Neither shall this corruption put on incorruption. It says the corruptible must put on incorruption, uh, and the mortal must put on immortality. These bodies we have are defiled. They're ruined. They're no good. They're defiled by sin. There's no way we can make these bodies into something that would please God in heaven. We can't get into heaven with them. And, And they're mortal. They're not immortal. They're not designed for eternity they wear out. Mine wore out quicker than I thought it was going to. Maybe yours did too. I find these knees are not nearly as strong as the rest of the body. It's one of the main weak points, that and between my ears. Those two places are the weakest point in my body, I can tell, between my ears and my knees, hallelujah. But, again, they're not designed to last for eternity. They're not designed to be fit for the heavenly realm. So if we're going there, these bodies have got to be changed. And this is what Paul has been talking about again in the verses before this. We're told that saints can expect to inherit a new body in the resurrection and when we die in Jesus saved, they'll be raised from the dead in a body just like the Lord's body. We're told that in 1 Corinthians 15 49. We're also told that in 1 John 3 two, But we ain't got time to turn there. So that's the problem we got. We have a problem. we we, we, we got to get a new body and be free from this decaying, dying, defiled body. And in order to do that, guess what? We to die. We have to die. So death becomes a door of hope to those who know the Lord because that's the only way we can get to it. Amen? So, of course, again, it's a door of hope. I, I remember reading about a, a man who was, who was, uh, who was dying. And he was talking to the doctor about dying, and and his and the, and the I'm sorry, the doctor's dog. Doctor, it was back in the days of the, the 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 what do you call him the the doctor that go to your home? And the man, what do you call him back then? House call. Yeah, they don't like to, it. was so long when I heard that term. I forgot what it was. Amen. But anyway, <laughs> I don't remember a doctor's ever making one either at my time. So, but anyway, so th- this man was dying and the doctor had come and, and he, his dog had traveled with him and his dog was outside in the hallway and he was in the room with the with the man and, and, and the and, and the man was talking to him about he was going to die and he didn't know what, he said, he was asking the doctor, he said, what, 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 what? he said, I'm afraid, doc, I'm afraid. I, he said, well, are you a Christian? He said, yes, I'm a Christian, but I don't know what it's going to be like. And, and uh, And the dog was scratching on the door, and he opened the door. And he said, did you see that? He said, my dog had no idea what was on the other side of the door. All he knew was that his master was on the other side. So he wasn't afraid to come in. He said, that's the way you need to look at it. All you need to know is your master's on the other side of that door. Amen? But we can't go the way we are. We cannot go the way we are. We have got got to go through that door of death, because that allows the spirit that's in us to be free from the prison of this body. And and we wait for the day that this body is resurrected from the grave and changed into the image of the one like the one Jesus has. Amen. Because again we can't go like we are. So we see that first of all we got we, we have enlightenment concerning the problem, so we've got to be changed. Well, all right. So then the secondly, in verses fifty one and fifty two, we see that there is enlightenment concerning the pro the promise that God has made us. Verse 51 and 52, he said, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump of the trumpet shall sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. So here's where the mystery comes in. Paul reveals the truth that some of the Lord's children are not going to have to pass through the door death, but that they're going to be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Paul is talking about the event that we know is the rapture of the church. And he goes into more detail, and we've already studied this, but I'll read this just for the sake of everybody listening in. He talks about it in more detail in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17, where he says, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. So there'll be a shout, the Lord's descending with the voice of the archangel. He's the one doing the shouting with the trump of God, I'm assuming he's the one doing the blowing of the trumpet, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. So the cemeteries, they're going to blow open. Dirt's going everywhere. It'll look like, it'll look like somebody set off Tannerite in the cemetery, a bunch of it, because, I mean, they're going to be dirt clods and crawdads and, 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 and covers and, and, and casket lids and Lord knows flows and everything else thrown all over the cemetery. What a, what a mess it's going to be. It looked like a tornado went through there, I guarantee you. Amen. And the Bible says, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. He's not coming all the way down. He's just coming in the clouds. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. <clears throat> so when that moment comes, and it could happen right now, Jesus is going to come in the cloud above this earth, and He's going to call His redeemed to come up to Him and join Him and be with Him forevermore. The dead are going to rise, and they're going to instantly receive their resurrection bodies. They're not going to have to wait around again. Incorruption—I mean, corruption can't can't inherit incorruption. We have to put on incorruptible bodies, so it'll be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Amen. The great truth here. This great truth is a mystery. Why is it a mystery? Because in the Old Testament, they didn't understand this. And it was revealed to the saints in the New Testament. So let's let's, let's look at just a minute this verse is teaching us about the rapture. First of all, it'll be sudden. It'll be a sudden event. That word moment, that that refers to something that's indivisible. You can't divide it. It's speaking about the smallest amount of time imaginable. The word twinkling there is used to refer to the flap of a bird's wing or the buzz of a gnat or the twinkling of a star. Scientists they have estimated that the blink of an eye takes about a thirtieth of a second. That's pretty quick. You can't measure that. You can't tell me how fast the thirtieth of a second is. You can say, so it's that quick. Well, it's, it's faster than that. Uh, again, you can't measure that now. In, in other words, when Jesus comes, he's just going to come suddenly. There ain't going to be no, oh, here he comes. It's, he's already here. Before you can say it, before you can open your mouth, he's already here. And when he does, listen, he's going to instantly raise the dead. And he's going to instantly change the living. It ain't going to be a graduated process. It's going to be bang, bang before you know it happened. It's done. And Again, and it won't be a process. It's going to happen real fast before we, ever knows it ha- before we ever know it happened, It'll happen that quick, bang, bang. He'll come for his people, and he'll come unannounced. Amen? And, and and his people will be here one second, and the next second, they're going to be gone. And it makes no difference whether they are dead and in the grave or whether they're walking down the street or whether they're riding in a car or whether they're on an airplane or whether they're laying in a bed or in the bathtub. It makes no difference. Where are they at, and I tell you something that I I didn't put in this message, but I think I'll just I'll share this with you because it's kind of interesting, and uh, and you may agree with it, you may not, and if you don't, that's okay, because we don't, we're not going to argue about something like this. But but verse fifty, I think it is, yeah, verse fifty. I had a, I heard a preacher when I studying on this about a week ago. I, I heard a preacher say this, and I thought I never thought of that. All right, it says now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Flesh and blood. Bible tells us we'll have a body like the Lord's body, right? All right. He told his disciples when he appeared in the upper room after he had raised and raised the of dead, he told them to touch his touch his body. He said, He said, He said, I'm flesh and bones. Flesh and bones. He didn't say flesh and blood, he said, I'm flesh and bones. He had open wounds where they stabbed him with a sword. He had open wounds in his hand. Does that mean there was no blood in his body? I think so. He poured, blood was poured out. If he had, if his life was in his blood. Uh, that blood refers to life on this earth. That's, 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 that's where our life, the life is in the blood, the Bible tells us. So when we get to heaven, our life is from him. It's not from blood. So what this preacher was saying, he said, I, he said a lot of people picture, and, and again, he may be right he may be wrong, but he said a lot of people picture when everybody's gone, sitting here, sitting there in that chair right there. there. They pictured, Poof, one minute there'd it, be a loud skirt, a parachute sitting there. The Bible was laying on top of it. But he said, I think it's more than that. He said, I think there'd be a pool of blood in there. He said, because his blood ain't going to heaven. But the body would be changed. Now, I don't know. And you say, are you right? you sure about that? I don't know. But boy, what a mess left behind for the devil's crap to, to clean up. of his blood. Everybody's blood left behind. Can you imagine having to clean up all the bloody clothes everywhere? Can you imagine being in a football stadium and all of a sudden, ma- immediately there's clothes and blood running all uh, blood running down the steps and everywhere else. Can you imagine? I don't know, but that's something to think on. Amen. But let's keep going. I just thought I'd throw that in there to give you something to <laughs> chew on later. But anyway, uh, <clears throat> I said it'll be a it'll be a sudden event, but it'll be a selective event. Notice in the, in, in the word, let's see what verse was that. Verse fifty fifty one, I think what we're looking at there. Uh, let's see. I said it would be a selective event. Well, <laughs> you got to notice the words we and all. All right? In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Amen? There's a we involved there. Amen? We, verse 51, we shall not all sleep, but we shall, notice the word all, be changed. Well, who is the we and who is the all? Well, it's in verse 50. It says, flesh and blood cannot enter the kingdom of God, neither does the corruption inherit incorruption. No, it's those of us which have been changed. Amen. That's the we and the all. That's the saved. Amen. Paul is talking about the brethren. Amen. When Jesus comes, he's not coming for everybody. Amen. He's only coming for those who place their faith in him for their soul's salvation and only those who are saved are going. Not those who've been baptized, not those who've joined a church somewhere, not those who've prayed a prayer, not those who've been good neighbors. No, it's those who have come through the blood of Jesus Christ and that alone. And if that don't describe you, then I'd suggest you need to make preparations for his coming because he is coming and you need to be saved. You need to get right or you need to plan to get left because it's going to be a selective coming, amen? He's only coming for those who have been washed in his blood. Not only will it be selective, it'll be a solemn event. What do you mean to be solemn? I thought it would be exciting. We're going to heaven. Well, it will be exciting for us. But for those who are left behind, they won't even realize what happened. You say, well, surely they will. No, they won't. They won't know what happened. They're going to go on being lost, and they're going to eventually go to hell without Jesus. You know, a lot of people read these Left Behind books and seen the Left Behind shows and all that. And if you and I saw that movie years ago when it came out, the first one, with Kirk Cameron and all that. Uh, you know, and if you watch that, and I had a problem with it when I watched it because if you watch that, you're, you're led to believe that. That you can reject Jesus now, but after the, ra- after the rapture, you still have a chance to get saved. But that is not true. Amen. That ain't what the Bible teaches. You can say, well, I've heard this, and I've heard that, and so-and-so taught that, and it don't matter what they taught. But what matters is what the Bible says. And the Bible teaches in 2 Thessalonians 2, 11 and 12, the Bible says, for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they might all be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. This is referring to after the Lord takes his church out, those who are left behind who did not believe the truth. They were exposed to truth. They heard the truth, but they didn't believe the truth. They said, no, no, not now. I'll get saved later on when I get have all my fun, when I've done what I want to do. I'll worry about dying before I die, and, and, and it'll be too late. It'll be too late because God says he will send, God will send them a strong delusion. God God can withdraw a man's ability to choose if he wants to because he's God. God gives us, he makes us a free moral agent. But there's a point when God says, if you don't want to choose me, then I'll just cut off your ability to choose altogether and you'll believe a lie that they might be damned. So there'll, there'll be a whole lot of people saved after the rapture, but all those people that are saved after the rapture are only going to be those who've never heard the gospel before. And everybody in here this morning, if there's somebody here ain't saved, you don't qualify because you've already heard it. And everybody listening to me on here this morning, it's too late for you because you've done heard it. I've already said it's only by the blood of Jesus Christ you're going to heaven. You've heard the gospel. If you don't accept it, it's going to be on you. You know, i become your worst enemy. Uh, because you got you got to trust him before the rapture. You can't do it afterwards. If you're left, you're going to go through the great tribulation. You're going to experience hell on earth, and then you're going to die and go to hell for all eternity. And it don't give me no joy to tell anybody that, but it's the absolute truth, and I have to tell the truth whether it makes anybody happy or sad. And if you've never trusted Jesus, you need to do that today so you can be ready when he comes back, because, listen, you don't want you don't want to be left behind. It's going to be a solemn time for a lot of people. It'll be a sad event, too. So why won't it be a sad event? Well, it's going, to be, it's going to be sad because families are going to be broken forever on that day. Forever. You know, again, if, 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 if mom is raptured out and dad's behind, he ain't never going to see mom again. Ever. She ain't never going to, well, I take that back. She will see him again. When she's standing on one side, and he's on the other side, and he's cast into the lake of fire. Just see him there. That's when God will wipe away all the tears from our eyes after that's over with. <clears throat> but it's going to be terrible. Parents and children, they'll be parted forever, never, ever reunited again. Friends, they'll spend eternity apart from one another. And the saddest part of all of it is that it didn't have to end that way. It don't have to end that way. Those that are lost today can be saved. If you've got people in your family that are lost, you can witness to them today. If you've got people uh, in your that are friends of yours, you can share Jesus with them today. You don't have to let them die and go to hell. Yes, you can't make them get saved, but you can certainly show them that you love them and passionately share with them their need for Jesus, then you don't want them to spend eternity in, in hell. You can share that with them. And listen to me, if, if they get angry with you about that, I would rather risk them being angry with me about that than risk them going into hell. Amen. And you can't push them no further. You say, I don't want to push them further. There's no hell number two, my friend. They're already on their way to hell. You can't push them further than that. I said it will be a sad event. It'll also be a satisfying event. Hallelujah! It'll be a satisfying, event. amen. Paul said the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. The dead shall be raised incorrupt. I mean, they were right, but now they're incorruptible. They're perfect. What a deal, amen. Think about that. You and I, one moment, one moment, we're living in these old depraved uh, bodies that, that hurt and, 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 and stink if you don't wash them. And, 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 and just they don't look no prettier as days go by i mean we're looking at them going hey, these things get wild on me and suddenly brand new one. more beautiful than this one ever thought about being amen now, like i said to my brother last night i wonder if a, if a butterfly if a monarch butterfly has ever floated over a caterpillar and went man I miss being like that <laughs> i don't think so and what we're going to be not that we're going to look like butterflies but what we're going to be the, the 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 difference the difference kind of like an acorn looking up at a full-grown oak and going, that's what I'm going to be. Amen. That oak looking down at an acorn going, boy, i sure wish I an acorn. No, he don't. He's a full-grown oak now. Amen. And I promise you, what you're going to be is going to be so much greater than you ever thought about down here. You won't miss none of this. I know I've thought about that a lot. Boy, there's a lot of things I'm going to miss. No, you won't. Because you don't know how good it's going to be where you're going. Amen. Think about this. Cancer, heart disease, old age, Alzheimer's, all those diseases have been claiming our loved ones, they're going to be gone. Never hear from them again. Amen. God said there's coming a day when those who died in faith shall be raised incorruptible. That's without the taint of sin. Hallelujah. They may have died with cancer, but they'll be raised in a body that's cancer-proof. Hallelujah. Listen, they may have died in old age, but they'll get up in the body that can't age no more. Hallelujah. They may have died of a heart attack, but they'll rise with a body that is disease and death proof. That ought to make a backslid Baptist. Run the aisle. Amen. Slobber slinging, having a Holy Ghost fit. Amen. Realize it, that what we're going toward is so much greater than anything we can comprehend. Listen, you say, but my loved ones are all gone. No, they're not gone. He said we lost Mama. You didn't lose her. She saved. Hey, we lost Mama last year. Was she saved? You know right where she's at. You didn't lose nothing. Amen? <laughs> we don't lose nothing. We gain. Hallelujah. <sighs> Listen, Jesus is going to bring your loved ones back with you. He's going to glorify their bodies, and you're going to see them again. Hallelujah. We're going to see them again. Paul said we shall be changed. That word change, it means to cause one thing to cease and another to take its place. And this old life and this old body is going to be changed instantly. One minute we're going to be here. Next minute we're going to be there. One minute we're going to be in these vile sinful bodies that are dying. And next minute we're going to be exactly like Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Verse three, I'm sorry, verse fifty-three says that we are going to put on a new body and a new life. We're going to put it on, amen. The words "put on," like I sat down this morning and I put on my boots, amen. We're going to put on a new body. Hallelujah! It'll be perfect. It'll be like the one Jesus had, amen. They listen. They I, and and I, and I was talking about this with, with my brother too. You know, whenever he put it, whenever he put it on. When we put it, when Jesus had on his new body, after he was resurrected, he was raised in he, listen, and when and he came out of that grave, amen. He had on his heavenly body. Okay? The same one he walked through the wall and came into the room with. All right. And when Mary and Martha and, and the other woman, they, they seen her, him in the garden, they supposed he had been in the garden, but they heard his voice, and they immediately knew it was he. I was again. I was talking to my brother, and we were talking about this. And I said, "Do you remember when I dressed up as the devil in Paris?" Now, some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. They were voting alcohol in Paris, and I went around, and I couldn't find. I couldn't get a handful of Baptist preachers to even stand up against it. And the Lord just laid on my heart: dress up like the devil and see if you can shame everybody. So I went to a magic shop in Plano, bought me a devil costume. And I came, I had a pitchfork and had a cape and the whole nine yards had the old ugly mask, mask on, had black makeup around my eyes. You couldn't, you could look at that that person and say, you couldn't tell that it was me. I didn't look anything like me. And I spent, I spent all morning down on the square uh, with a sign that says, shut up, Christian, stay home, don't vote. And I'd go up the car windows and I'd say, help the devil, we want, we want more commode hugging drunks in this town. Help the devil, we need more hungry, hungry kids at home and this, that, and the other. And, and and, you know, and it was all great. It was all, it was all working wonderful. And then some, I heard somebody say, that's Brandon T. Now, I was going,
2: please help the devil.
1: I wasn't talking like me, but somebody said, that's Brandon T. I know them boots right there anywhere. I had on these same black boots I have on this morning. Same ones. I mean, I, Lord, that was 15 years ago. I had these boots a long time. <clears throat> but somebody said, that's Brandon T. I know his voice. I, I know him anywhere. Now, I didn't look like me. But they knew it was me. Because I may have been hiding behind that costume, but it was still me on the inside. And when you get to heaven, Mama, I may not look like me on the outside, but you'll know it's me on the inside. Amen. It'll be that way with every one of us. We're putting on something that's better than we've got on now. Amen. But you won't have you won't be mistaking nobody from nobody else. You'll know it's them. God will never take away the part of you that's you. You hear me? God is never going to remove the part of you that makes you you. Your soul will live forever. You will have the same soul in heaven that you have here. You just won't have any sin associated with it. Amen. I'm almost done, y'all. I ain't got far to go. Let's hang on here a minute. Amen. Here, let's stay with me. So come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen. I'm ready to go. Hallelujah. Amen. One of these days, our redeemed spirits are going to dress up in a redeemed body. Hallelujah. And the last sound these earthly ears are ever going to hear is going to be the sound of the trumpet calling us up to meet him. That's the last sound you're ever going to hear with these earthly ears is that sound of that trumpet. Amen. So, you see, I, I can't go like I am. So he's going to make me like I ought to be. Amen. Woo! Verse 45, I mean 54, 54 through 57, there's my dyslexia. Uh, so we see here there's a word of excitement, verse 54 and through 57. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, Where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of the sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verses 54 through 56, there's excitement over our victory. Paul mentions four great enemies that will have been defeated in the end. He mentions death, grave, sin, and the law. Each of these are against you and I. Grave, sin, and the law. All those are against us, amen? Death. Death's pictured as a fearful monster that has a horrible stinger in it that's going to get you. It's inflicted its pain countless times since man began to die thousands of years ago. It's hurt a whole bunch of people. We don't like to think about death. But death's stalking everybody. It's stalking you. And one day its finger's going to find the mark. And when it does, we're going to leave here. Now, it's, the one, it's one thing to die, but it's another thing to die in sin. That's a whole different matter. Amen? The Bible says that the sting of death is sin. So one day when death comes for the lost person, they're going to feel the sting of a lifetime of sin, and they're going to drop off into the horror of hell for all eternity. But in Jesus, that death is defeated. It's done. Amen? Then second, the second enemy is the grave. And, I mean, the grave's a horrible thing to think about to these mortal minds. You know, we we followed the body of a loved one out in the cemetery and taking place that casket, and they lower it down into the cold ground, and we turn and walk away home with a broken heart and an empty place in our heart and our home. The grave's a cruel place. It leaves us with an empty, lonesome feeling. But you know what? In Jesus, that grave has no power. Hey, man, i think about Lazarus when he's buried, and Mary and Martha are, are weeping because their brother Lazarus is dead. That grave leaves you lonesome. But Jesus said, hey, your brother will live again in the resurrection. Martha uh, said, she said, I, I know he'll live again. I know he'll live again. But 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 he said, Martha, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. Hallelujah. He gave us victory over the grave. And then sin. Oh, sin's been our enemy. Sin's been a horrible enemy. It defiles us. It devastates our lives. It, de- it dooms people to hell. It-, it separates us from the Lord. It destroys homes, hearts, and hopes. It destroys, it destroys, it destroys. It's a vile thing. It tarnishes every relationship we've ever had. And it corrupts every part of our lives. Sin ain't no good. It never has been. It's a horrible, cruel enemy. But Jesus, in Jesus, he has defeated sin. It is lost. It's over. It's done. Sin is done. Amen? Sin can't send me to hell no more. Sin can't send you to hell no more because we have been bought by, by Jesus. His blood paid for our sins. It's over. It's finished. That's why he said, to tell I watched a video last night of a man in Jerusalem with a cross like Leo Lionel's got, except it's an hellish cross, which means it's finished, it means paid in full. That's exactly what it means. it means. Paid in full. That's what Jesus cried out on the cross. Paid in full. To tell us die. And people, these Jews are walking by, spitting at him, spitting on him, cursing him. Again, they rejected Jesus. They still reject Jesus. Pray for them. Pray for the country. They're in a mess. Amen. God's going to, they're going to go through the ringer before they ever come to Christ. Pray for them. But sin is what's got us in such a horrible place. Then there's the law. The law is what shows us we're sinners. And it's what, and that's what what gives sin its rightful claim of death upon us. Amen. The law was intended by God to reveal to us that we are sinners. That's what the Ten Commandments are all about. The Ten Commandments is not a list of things we've got to do to be saved. The Ten Commandments are a list of things that shows us that we've got to be saved because we can't do those things. Amen? So the law reveals our true nature. It shows us what we are. Amen? The law is not sinful, but the law shows us that we are false, as Is as he shouts victory out in verse 55. He says, O death, where is thy sting? O grace." Where is thy victory? To so those of us in Jesus, there's no stain in death. There's no victory for the grave. There's power. There's no power in sin. There's no condemnation in the law if we're in Christ Jesus. He set us free. Amen. I'm almost done. Y'all stay with me. Almost there. Almost. I can see the finish line from here. Amen. Listen, 57. There is excitement over the victory. Here's the source of our victory. It's not in us. It's in Jesus. When he came to this world, he's the one that lived a perfect life. He's the one that died on the cross. He's the one that rose again from the dead. He defeated every single enemy we have in front of us. He knocked them all down. We don't have to fear the enemy anymore. He's the one who, 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 He's the one that did everything for us. Now, those of us who are in Jesus, we're free. That stinger ain't got nothing against us anymore. Amen? You take a red wasp and take a pair of tweezers and you pull that stinger out, that wasp ain't, he's nothing anymore. He's just a harmless bug. And Jesus has taken the stinger out, and death doesn't have any scariness to it anymore. Those of us are in Jesus, again, we're free from that sting. We're free from the grave. We're free from the victory of the grave. We're free from the strength of sin. We're free from the condemnation of the law. And why is that? Well, I'll tell you why. Because Jesus defeated it. He won the victory. When the Lamb of God entered death on the cross and rose from the grave three days later, he forever rendered death ineffective in the lives of his children. He put it down. It don't have any more strength, and so there's no more sting to it. It's just it's just a crossing from one, it's crossing the threshold from one side of the door to the other. That's all it is for us. When time comes for you to make that crossing. When the time comes for you to lay down and give your last breath, don't be afraid of death. Don't be afraid to die. Amen. There's no fear in it. Don't listen to the lies of the devil because he'll be the one that puts any fear in your heart because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And we can rest in the promise that the Lord has made to us. He has stripped the devil and the grave of its power. You understand that? He, the Lord, when he died, when he was buried, and he rose from the grave, oh, the devil couldn't stand it the morning that Jesus got up. The devil was shaking in his boots because he lost. And he knew he lost. God had rendered him ineff- ineffective to all those who would believe. That's shouting ground right there. We are victors. Amen. God has given us the victory over sin, hallelujah, over death in the grave. And not only that, the law which we couldn't keep, Jesus fulfilled it for us. So that we because we couldn't, amen. He came and he, he perfectly kept it. Ain't nobody in the universe from heaven above to hell beneath pointed one accusing finger at the Lord Jesus Christ because he never ever sinned. He fulfilled the law and now for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth, Romans 10.4 says. And because of that, there is, now, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. God has done all that for us. Amen. That's still shouting ground. Amen. We ought get excited over that, what God has done for us. He destroyed sin. Hallelujah. Jesus destroyed our enemies. He destroyed sin. Through his death on the cross, he eliminated the power of sin. Sin can't touch us anymore. We're around it. We're in the presence of it, but we don't have, it doesn't have power over you and I, my friends. He delivered all those who received him from, the, from sin's power and set them free. Romans 6.14 tells us. And lastly, verse, four, verse 58, there's lastly a word of encouragement. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So Paul closes his thoughts in this chapter by issuing us a challenge. We're encouraged, listen, we're we're encouraged, first of all, to be firm, to be firm. I'm going to tell you one thing I see in, in, in this modern-day Christianity is a bunch of wishy-washiness. People say, I didn't want to offend anybody. This offending somebody idea, the devil has took that and run with it. Boy, he's gone seed on this offensiveness, offensive. Listen, for, do you know a lot of things Jesus said are offensive? They're offensive to sinners. They're offensive to those who are in opposition to God. And do you realize we are living in a world full of people who are in opposition to God? So everything a Christian say is going to be offensive. You can worry. You can quit worrying about that. You say it and your, your words may be offensive, but your attitude doesn't have to be. You understand what I'm saying? You come at somebody with truth, even though it's cold, hard, rough truth, if you say it with love and a smile on your face, it does a whole lot more good than if you're screaming at them. I can assure you, and they're a whole lot more likely to receive it, amen. But we are encouraged to be firm. The Bible tells us to be steadfast. That word means to be to sit or to be sedentary. Stay with me now. We ain't got far to go. It carries the idea of being dead weight or being hard to budge. Y'all see these idiots sitting in the middle of the road and, and block traffic? That's kind of the idea that God's using in this. Pass is not blocking traffic, but he's using the idea of sitting down and protesting, not moving. Amen? We're to be unmovable. That talks about something that can't be moved from its place, and that's what we're to be. We're to take a stand for the Lord Jesus. We're to take a stand on the Word of God. We're to live our lives for God. We're to live our lives and refuse to move. I mean refuse to move. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. Why would I move? I'm not going to get off the rock and get on, get into quicksand. Hallelujah! I got a, God put a brain in my head. I'm going to stand where the where the footing's at. Amen. On Christ. <clears throat> we have a purpose, my friends. We have something to live for. Like David said to his brothers that day when Goliath was strutting around the valley, screaming and hollering and saying ugly things. He looked at them all in the eyes and he said, "Is there not a cause?" Is there not a cause? Why is the army here? Is there not a cause? God's called us to be soldiers. And I ask you, church, is there not a cause? We're encouraged to be firm. We're encouraged to be fruitful. We are to abound in his work. I'm almost done. I got five minutes left. Y'all give me five minutes I'll get you out of here. We are to abound in his work. So how do we abound in the work of the Lord? We, we do that by learning two valuable lessons. First of all, we need to remember something. This is not our work. This is His work. Amen. If we realize that it's His work, we'll take it more serious than if we look at it as our work. Amen. It's not our work as Christians. It's His work we're doing. And and again, it's it's not our duty to go and, and and make things and try to make things a success. It's not our job to go and guarantee success. I gotta be successful for God. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta. No, it's God's work. And if God wants it to be successful, God will see to it that it's successful. If you'll go and do what God called you to do, God will make it a success. Amen? So second of all, first of all, we remember it's his work. Second of all, if we are to abound in his work, then we need to learn to let him live through us. Let him live through us. Y'all ever seen a puppet? Y'all ever seen one do anything without somebody put their hand in it? No, without, that, without the hand and the puppet, the puppet can do nothing, am I right? What Jesus say? Without me, you can do nothing. He is our strength. He is our life. He is our everything. He lives in us, similar to a hand and a puppet. He's in us to work through us to do what he wants us to do. And when we submit and let him do the working in us, God can use us and we'll be fruitful. We can't do it without him. So we got to die to self, which means we got to fight our own self will, and we need to let God take over. Amen. We need to learn to abide in Jesus and let His life flow through us. And as we yield to Him, He'll live through us, and He'll be glorified, and His work will get done. And then, lastly, lastly, we are encouraged to be faithful, firm, fruitful and faithful faithful paul's saying that a life lived for jesus is a life worth living ain't nobody lived for god and got ready to die and say boy i wasted my life nobody comes to the end and says that they thank god they live they live for him amen my friend brother richard miller he said i served god 75 years and i ain't never i ain't never regretted a minute of it and i and i and i thank god for people like that amen Not ashamed of his service to the Lord. You shouldn't be, amen? You ought to look back and thank God for every chance you had to serve God. Praise God in the end. Your faith in Christ is going to be vindicated. Maybe nobody thought it was worth anything down here. Your faith will be validated when you stand before the Lord Jesus. It ain't going to make no difference in that day what anybody thought, amen? What's going to matter is what you believe and and who you trusted in. There's going to be a resurrection day. There's going to be a reunion day, and there's going to be a reward day. Amen? And they're all going to come to all of God's people. Amen? Stay true to him. Stay true. We have got far to go. I mean, you can almost see the finish line from here. So let's be faithful. This life will pay off now if we serve him, and it sure will pay a big dividend if if we're faithful to the end. And you know, you might even say that that the Christian's retirement package is out of this world. It really is. Amen. Everything we got coming to us is out of this world. We go get it, amen. We're going to go to see it, amen. Praise God. I got last last three questions today, amen. Actually, four. Are you saved? That's all that matters. Are you saved? Are you saved? I say that not necessarily just to you in here, but to these people that are listening. Because i got to ask them, too, are you saved? That's, what, that's all that really matters because that, that's the difference between heaven and hell. And the second, if you're not, you ought to come to him today because he'll save you right now. All a person's got to do is come to him in faith, believing in his finished work, believing that he did it for them, believing that he has the power to save, trusting what he's done, and they, they, he'll save them like that. He'll save them just as quick as he'll take you out of this world. The second question is if you followed the Lord and believers' baptism? After you've been saved, you need to get baptized. You need to you need to be obedient, to follow the Lord. And the third member is this: Are you? A third question is this: Are you a member of the Lord's Church? And if not, you ought to be. And the fourth one is this: Are you cold, numb, and wayward from God? It Happens. We can get distant, not even realize it. So we look up one day and go, Man, I'm not I'm not close to God as I used to be. What happened? We find ourselves there just out of the blue. I don't know how I drifted. I don't understand how I drifted from where I used to be. I used to have so much more joy in my heart when I thought about going to church. I used to have so much more joy when I read the Bible. I used to have so much... More desire for prayer time. I used to be more more generous with my time with others. I used to want to want to make sure others were okay and check on them. I used to care about other people more than I do now. What's re- if any of those things have decreased? You need to understand your backslide. Any of it, and I urge you this morning, in in light of the fact that God's alarm clock's going off over there in the Middle East, real loud, and real hard, right now. When, when Israel, something starts happening in Israel, you can be sure God's doing something. Now, we can tell something's going on. We can tell we're getting near. If you ain't close to God right now, this would be a mighty good time to say, Lord, I sure need to come back to you. I need to get back close to you. That's my prayer this morning. If you're not where you ought to be, take this invitation. Talk to God. Make some Do some business with him. Get forgiveness, get things straight, and let's get ready for his coming. Amen? Because he's coming, and it's going to happen soon. Let's stand together. We're going to sing a song of invitation this morning. And as we do, I urge you, the Lord's dealing with your heart. You need to come to the altar and pray. Come to the altar and pray. If you're not able to get down on your knees, I understand that. You can sit right where you're at, sit down in your chair and pray. Um, but, But do business with God. They, 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 there's never an excuse good enough to not do business with God. If you just got to stand where you are and do it, it doesn't matter. Let's just make sure that we let God have his way with us. We're going to sing 162 in just a moment. Let's go to the in Prayer and let's ask God to bless the invitation. Father, I just, I love you so much. I thank you for your word. Thank you for the fact that, Lord, you haven't left us, Lord. You, you, you're coming for us. Father, I, I'm thankful. These truths. These truths are real and they're, they're very true. And Lord, we ought to apply them to our life today. And Lord, we need to be looking up. We need to be looking expect. Please, Lord, work in this invitation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: 162.
2: Uh, uh-huh.
1: We need to come home to him if we're not close to him because we are going home to him before very long. Amen. Remember to be in prayer for all the prayer requests that were mentioned today. Y'all remember my friend Carl Cullum. Also uh, Jared Jackson who's having the esophagus problem and also my sister Deborah Jameson. Y'all please pray for her. She's still going through battling depression and this, that, and the other. Um, Just uh, remember all those unspoken requests. And and let's encourage one another. Let's encourage one another to be in God's house. I encourage you to come back tonight. Amen. Sunday night, church, is just as good as Sunday morning, church. Amen. And you'll enjoy it just as much if you come back tonight and be with us. We'll be back in Nehemiah tonight. Talking about Nehemiah and building the wall in Jerusalem, restoring the wall. So let's be here for that. And it'll be good. I, I urge you to come back tonight. All right. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. And let's ask God to bless us as we go.